Welcome everyone to If I May, a podcast with me, Brent, an average guy, along with my two above average friends, oh. Kyle and Nick. We're going to talk about stuff, whatever we want, while interrupting each other as politely and indistinguishably, no, it's not the right word, as possible. Uh, and this is episode 35. Let's get after it. Nick, are we ready for... Oh. Gotta find it, gotta find it. It is now time for Nick's Nutty News. Wow. Yeah, still uh still not supporting that intro. You know, I, I understand <laughs> you guys put a lot of work into that, but that's uh that's something. Uh, a lot of options. For... I, so if I make real quick, the, the primary reason I made that is because I was able to go boop 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 boop. Primary reason. That's true. It's really the only reason to make something like that. Right. So, uh, with that, uh, lots of news, as there always is, as that is a consumption business. Uh, so, <laughs> lots of information out there. Nothing that really grabs my attention. Uh, I've been looking and kind of uh, thirsting, if you will, for a, a new something. And um, I'm not finding it, uh, and I'm sure there's lots out there and worthwhile, but as far as the websites that I typically visit and find uh, information on, there's nothing that's grabbing my attention. Uh, cryptocurrency is not moving. Uh, Elon Musk is doing exciting things. Um, nothing horribly creative in science, something about Saturn's rings. Um, but the news that I'm going to share with us today is Zion Williamson's a physical freak. Oh, my uh, gosh, yeah. As, as Who's a, that? Okay, uh, he's LeBron James V2. Um, he is a, a, a physical freak who plays basketball, um, and, and he goes, he attends Duke uh, under Coach K, which is a, a very prominent program, and uh, he is in, incredible, uh, absolutely an amazing player. So currently player. in college? He is, yes, he is a freshman in college. Uh, he is the equivalent of LeBron in, in the sense that if you weren't required to go to college first. Uh, he would have been drafted right out of high school. No questions asked. He is that kind of physical talent uh, and he can shoot and he can do a little bit of everything. And I had the uh, pleasure of watching a little bit of the Duke and uh, University of Virginia game that was this last weekend, I think, Saturday? Yes. Saturday? Yeah. Sunday. Was it Sunday? It was, Saturday. Saturday. it was this weekend. It but was it was reason. it was Duke versus uh, Virginia, and they were number two and three, or three and four. I think they're two and three. Two three, two three in the nation. Uh, Virginia, of course, the uh, one seed from last year that uh, was upset by a sixteen the first oh. time that ever happened in the history of the tournament, That's and uh, Duke, who's always a uh, a top program under Coach K. But uh, these top two teams went at it, and uh, LeBron James was at the game. Uh, he went with Rajon Rondo, a teammate of his uh, for the Lakers and uh, Williamson and RJ Barrett, the other phenomenal freshmen, you know, two of the top five picks in next year's NBA draft, no doubt. Uh, both had uh, great games and are great players, uh, but Zion had a couple, uh, you know, highlight real plays, which is, is what he does, including a block that was absolutely ridiculous. But it's fun to see that new talent coming up. Uh, LeBron is still capable of just doing 
um, you know, physically freaky things, but he is 35 ish, 36. Isn't his goal at, if I may, isn't his goal at this point to like stay in it long enough to have his son be able to play with him? Yes, that is, that is what I've heard. Like the only Um, reason he's playing. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's not just the only reason, um, but that's, that's his goal. He, he wants to win and he wants to continue to compete. But uh, as far as the last major goal, other than pursuing a championship each and every year, um, he's been to the finals. Like, I don't remember eight of the last you know, nine years or some factor. That's a, that's a garbage number, but I know it's some crazy number like that. Like he's been in the finals what? for the last like six years consecutively. It's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, that is one of his goals is to play with uh, his son I'll in the back. NBA. And um, <laughs> why are we making these noises? Cause he'll be back. He's back to the finals every time. Uh, yes. Not nah, this year. There's no way. I wouldn't doubt LeBron. Now he'd have to beat Golden State, which is, uh, you know, they're they're what the what a little kid would do if you were playing the game on like easy mode for a career. He'd just get all the best players on one team, and every year they'd still get better. Uh, it's stupid, but um, yeah, I, I won't guarantee he gets to the finals. I, I'll guarantee they make the playoffs, and I guarantee that they'll only be beaten gut by golden state is is my my bold prediction there but uh, as far as the news uh, focusing on something more positive it's a lot of fun to watch these these young talents develop i'm really excited the ncaa tournament uh, is right around the corner uh, the week before that always also very important with the local conference tournaments um and i i, I get excited for basketball at this time of year now that football's over um we, if i may yeah. if i may football is not over it's just beginning what? Did you see yeah, the AAF? That's not news. It's it had more viewers. It had a higher rating than the than a regular City. Than a regular season NBA game. But, yeah, I'm just saying it could be. So there's a new football league, the AAF, which is the Alliance American Alliance Football or something like that. I don't know some silly name. Um, it's basically if all the rejects from college in the NBA, <laughs> all the bad people. All the people that you don't want to see because they're too old to be in college but not good enough to be in the NFL decided to play football. Um, I watched a little bit of it this past weekend, and it's definitely not the same quality as the NFL. I mean, I think it could be fun. So you know what I think would be interesting, if I may quick, is that uh, they have the the, the um, wow, the Pro Bowl every single year, and the game itself sucks. Like, let's be honest, the game is no good. But – they do have like all the skill competitions, which I think are pretty interesting. Like hockey does that kind of thing too, or it's interesting. And they also have like that same weekend, they always hold like the flag football championship. I think it'd be sweet. I know it's like a completely different game as far as like strategy, but I think it'd be sweet to see like some NFL guys go up against the champion of the flag football competition. Like I think that would be sweet just to like see those guys play each other. Like have yeah, the, the, the top flag football team in the country play whatever, some of the pro bowlers. Like, that would be awesome. Honestly, I don't know why flag football doesn't catch on. Like, they're all like, oh, brain injuries in the NFL and football. It's a bad thing. Why not have grown men play flag football and have that be this new league instead of a, a new reject tackle game? Could be interesting. So yeah, the uh, news of the the week is sports related. As I was not inspired by any business related news or any 
uh, other happenings of, of note. So we're getting excited for the NCAA tournament, which is the only uh, sporting event until we enter the long drought uh, for the next NFL season. Uh, if you like other sports, uh, that can be one of my talking points today. If we're ready to jump in to our subjects, uh, one of the topics I've, I've wanted to discuss uh, not at length, but just kind of touch on for a, a couple of weeks. I've had this one uh, in the back seat. Uh, the difference between uh, w- the same way you could describe a job as blue collar and white collar with respect to uh, understanding what sports are out there, uh, blue collar sports versus white collar sports. Mm-hmm. And I, I was okay. thinking about this the other we day. We get to talk about curling. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for the Nationals is going on. That unfortunately still falls in the blue collar sport based on who plays it. And that's, there's a couple criteria. Uh, there's not a real great definition here, but as much as I, as a former football and basketball player am passionate about both of those sports, um, they are blue collar sports. Uh, and maybe it's just stereotypes, but if you think of the, if I may hold on real quick, can you d- describe what you mean by blue collar versus white collar sports? A blue collar job, you're very hardworking, you're probably not paid enough, and you um, are are reliant on on your body in a, in a blue collar job sense. As far as a blue collar sport, I was just getting into the definitions. It's it's not as clear. It's a little it's a little gray, and, and it was just kind of something I was pondering, and that's kind of where I'm looking for input. But if you think a stereotype of of the, the richest people in America, our country, that's our experience set. Uh, what do the upper class people play? Uh, because they don't play hockey. They don't play hockey. They don't play. Football. You're saying, wait, wait, you're saying the upper class doesn't play hockey. Hockey's so expensive for the ice time. Like that's definitely okay. a rich kid sport. Okay. I, I could see that. Their kids play it, but do they play it? But I'm saying how many millionaires out there are in, in business, in in engineering, in something else? How many millionaires are out there that were also a professional level hockey player or not even professional, but they they encourage their kids to play. They grew up playing. hockey. OK, I think I, I think I see what you're following. We're like basketball would probably be like a lower end, like blue collar sport where like the, the people most, that play basketball you know, if I mean, generically tennis. Is the, is the example to throw out? Rich people play tennis. Is my understanding? It's a cheap sport too. Like even like hundred dollars for a decent racket and a couple tennis balls, and you're in. I golf. Feel like... Golf is a very big business sport, and I understand that. And I I like to play it. I'm not great at it, but I I learned at a very early age that golf is a an activity where where business occurs. Um, it is in, great for networking. You get out there. It's an environment where um, you know deals can be made or broken on a golf course. So uh, those kinds of sports, like uh, polo, I, I, now that's a different country primarily. But uh, I would love on, to try polo. That right, sounds so much fun. That is now now just like hockey, maybe to a, uh, even a more extreme level. There's a huge barrier to entry, but the difference between white collar and blue collar sports. And I, again, I don't have a perfect definition, but I, I look at the masses and, and you and I, and all of our friends, and I would firmly put us in the quote unquote middle class for better or for worse. I don't think any of us 
struggled. I mean, certainly uh, our, our parents, you know, scraped by at times to have us and, and, you know, did a great job, but always had food on the table, always were able to get us the things we, we needed, at least based on my experience historically. Uh, we played basketball and we played football. That was what normal kids did, but there seems I was to be... really bad at basketball. <laughs> if I may, real quick, I only played basketball in eighth grade. And I only shot at the basket, I think only once, maybe, in a game. And I hit the, like, cross members and whatnot above the basketball hoop. So, not a great... I was okay at defense, but uh, not a great basketball player. As a as so- a senior, I started on a uh, Division One high school team. And uh, that's that's an accomplishment, but... They were the worst team you could possibly imagine. I think we won. I think we won two games my senior year. Um, so I'm not claiming to be great or good or anything, but I can claim that I was a starter uh, on my high school basketball team, uh, one of five, and um, that was my senior year in, in a Division One conference. So, if if I may, that's just like me starting in wrestling. Like I started wrestling throughout my high school, and there's like one or two years where I had to beat out one other person for my weight class, but. Uh, yeah, I I started a Division One wrestling team, but I was I was middle of the road at best. So I would say basketball of all the sports though is one that transcends because I think to like people who play basketball and there's a lot of people that obviously have started you can, anyone can play basketball, but I think of like Mark Cuban. Uh, I saw a video on him and what he does for his success where. He's made millions of dollars, and now all he does is play basketball and watch Mav games. Or think about when Obama was in office. What would he do on his off time? He'd play basketball or watch basketball. So I wonder if if basketball is one of those sports that kind of – there's some sports that transcend both blue and white colors. I would, I, would I would agree that's a good point, and basketball is one of those. That's one of those that, uh, as my father was growing up and he told me about his basketball history, um, his, his quick details on him. He actually uh, got a full ride for, I, I assume it was a full ride, I, I don't know, um, to Division Two to play basketball. So he was good. Nice. And then he, uh, he played after that consistently. Um, and I grew up playing basketball with him. And um, the one of the notes he had, for me on his basketball career and his professional career is pretty much every job he got after college um, was related in one way or another to somebody he played basketball with. He, he first made the connection on the court there and then was able to uh, carry that connection over to a business world and meet the right people, uh, have the right influence. And he, he's good at what he does, of course, but um, that, that helped his career a lot. So um, not that he's, a millionaire or anything crazy uh he's he's middle class to to maybe upper middle class it depends on what your definitions are i'm gonna, i'm gonna say he's middle class and, and just assume it's broad but um he's he's had a lot of success and he's he's in that category that have done well but you also see some of the very best basketball players yeah came out of the ghetto came out of some you know inner city nonsense where they didn't have great education but they had a hell of a basketball team or you know whatever and that's something that a lot of communities can 
rally behind and say that's one real positive spot in this area. It's just a lot of basketball talent, a lot of a lot of physical ability um, in the gene pools. But um, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. There's a lot of sports like that, and the ones I'd like to pick on or try and just outline and 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 just get your point of view is yeah, something like polo, something like okay, what do you think of these country clubs with their white shorts and their um, you know just their full outfits that they wear to go do these physical activities and and sometimes they they do play them at a high level i'm not saying they're not athletic but then there's the whole train of thought is they're going to go play a sport that other people can't afford to play or other people don't play um and they'll have never tried well so like, if i may with polo you like you have to have a horse like horses are crazy expensive to own and then also feed and all that so yeah if like, i may though water polo does not <laughs> so water polo requires a pool or lake true yeah, in a lake house. No, um, when, when I think of sports that, like, polo is a hard one for me to really register with because we're in the U.S. I don't think people play polo all that often, if I'm being honest. Um, I always think of, like, pickleball. But that's one of those where, like, it's basically tennis. Pickleball is a weird but, one. But it's like, do only rich people play pickleball? Because I know people in Seattle have very nice houses that have pickleball courts in their yard, which is super weird. I don't know them personally, but I've, I've seen their courts. Uh, but then again, is it, or is it like what retired people do? Like, but then again, if you're retired, you probably have money. So I, I, pickleball is a weird one to me. I, I feel like that's more white collar, but. Prime example, who's, who do you know outside of retirement communities in Florida? that Or rich people. Yeah. Or rich people that play pickleball. Like it's, it's, it's an interesting <sighs> concept of, okay, these other strange sports are out there and, um, you know, and not saying there's not physical freaks playing them and, and dominating in them, but it's just, it's kind of goes back to, uh, uh, an argument I heard once from an announcer that was re- remotely risky is like the, the ultimate Frisbee championship of the world. Dude, that would be <laughs> awesome. Oh, Madison won the league last year. Not of the world, but they definitely won like college level there's, nationals. There's a, there's a very like, generic comment. If, for a level. If there's a very generic comment I, I could make about that. It's just like something to the effect of, yes, this team just won the ultimate Frisbee championship of the world. But I can guarantee you the 50 best ultimate Frisbee players in the world have never played ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> like it's it's like there are physical freaks out there who just haven't played the games because they're not mainstream, because they're not this, because they're not given an opportunity. There's barriers to entry, like the the snowboarding. If I may, I think Frisbee is a oh. fairly low entry one. Skiing and snowboarding, you're onto something with that one. That oh. one's a huge barrier to entry. Like just going once in Colorado here, it's like 200 bucks if you want to go skiing or snowboarding with rentals. Like if you have your own stuff, it's a little cheaper, but like maybe 60 bucks cheaper if you have your own stuff. But like... If I may, if I may, you have to really separate out the, is it high entry to play and is it a popular sport? Because Frisbee is gaining popularity, but like, if you think about it, there's just not, you know, you got to follow the money as Kyle always will say and things. And there's just not money in Frisbee where like Antonio Brown would be a heck of an ultimate Frisbee player. You know, he's the best wide receiver in the game or one of the best wide receivers in his game. Like he could catch a Frisbee very successfully as well. So um pro tip. yeah that's that's uh, interesting frisbee is not getting more popular it won't it's been out for too long it should though dude some pro of the not some, getting more <laughs> some of the ultimate frisbee guys are super impressive like i that was one of the sports that we played all the time at camp and i would like to say that like 
I want to brag, but I feel like I was pretty damn good. We're like, uh, put it this way. When I went to college at UW Platteville, I initially tr- did like go to the ultimate Frisbee like club to like check it out. But like, honestly, the guys were dicks. Like, I guess I didn't really do it my freshman year, but like my sophomore year, I went to the, that's how I actually got introduced to rugby is I went to the ultimate Frisbee practice and like the guys were just dicks to each other even like not even just new people, but like just so asshole. It's, it's, hold on, hold on. It, there's like assholes and like when practice was over they like the rugby guys were right next literally on the same field like on the other side of the field they're like you guys want to try rugby like come on over and so i went and tried rugby and those guys were super fun and so that's how i started playing rugby which could be a topic at some point in the future rugby experiences rugby's rugby's an interesting one depending on on where you're from but to wrap this one up uh, if i may my my final thought was along along those lines kyle as far as you run into people who play a sport and are very good at and they may not be the the friendliest um but you run into and i'll the comparison i'll make is like a chess club the the president of the chess club or the best chess club person in in a high school, you know, may walk around with a bit of a swagger. They may be king shit on, oh, yeah, you want to play chess? I'll take you down. Like, it, it, part of the reason there's potentially, in my mind, uh, other than the barrier to entry, all of these obscure sports is people want to feel a little bit like you do, Kyle, with respect to, yeah, Ultimate Frisbee? You're damn right I'm good. Like, yeah. no offense. Well, like, like, even with that, like, they were, like, I would do some, like, flicks and stuff that they were like, ooh, like, that was pretty awesome. Like, but it's like yeah. if somebody screwed up, they would just rip on them. It's like, what do you got? Like, these guys might be new to the sport. Like, what are you doing? Like, do you want people on your team? So that, yeah. that's, I guess, that's where I was coming from. Where like the ultimate frisbee guys, at least my freshman or my sophomore year, were kind of dicks. Apparently, they got nicer as the older guys, reti- you know, graduated and left. But it's just yeah, like, it's, dang, it's a clicky, it's a clicky thing though. Because I'm thinking back to high school and. Uh, there was a, a men's volleyball team at North that was very, very good. I think they won state at least two times while I was there, maybe more. Um, they were a phenomenal men's volleyball team, but nobody ever went to go watch them. And it was, they had their own little click. They had their own little swagger. They were the guys. They were, you know, the the big man on campus in, in, in their sport. Like everyone goes to the football games. That's that's the culture. That's the thing. Uh, the basketball did not get support at my high school. Uh, at your high school, it got a ton of support. Which oh yeah, our basketball team was good. But um, yeah, for for the volleyball, it, it, and that's our kind of my, team, yeah. my wrapping up point is like, in order for some people to consider themselves the big man or you know, big woman is that the same on campus whatever uh, i'm going to use the big man on campus reference uh where you're just you're king shit you you walk around and everyone is you know acknowledging how awesome you are at what you do well if you're not good at any of the mainline mainstream sports we're just going to go create something else and then you know tom over here is going to be great at that and tom's the bestest you know what player ever um, you make it up just so you can have that kind of a feeling or you have your click or we do this and we're good at it and and you get that kind of feeling but interesting thought I, I, I've thought about that the last couple of weeks and kind of had that in the back burner for a I guess, sports topic yeah, so if I may I've always thought like what if there's a sport out there that I would be the best in the world at like, and I just don't know of it or have never tried it like maybe I am the world's greatest polo player I have no idea never tried it like would have no clue I, but like that's kind of weird. Like, there's got to be some 
so, like there's got to be something out there where I'm like the best in the world. I guess uh, that's a an interesting thought in general. Is there anything that you think you are the best of the world at doing? Whatever that See, might I, be. I love that thought. And that's, that's actually like, I'm a very confident person and sometimes it's not justified, uh, but I come across as incredibly confident. I, apparently <laughs> when I say things, it sounds very official. I drink but, and I uh, know things. <laughs> that's that is my ringtone and yes i i drink and i know things but um one of the things that in the back of my mind as far as what defines how confident i am or just whatever switch was flipped when i became as confident as i am i just kind of have the approach of okay you can beat me in in you know 10 games out of 10 games in various sports you can be a better swimmer a better basketball player a better football player but there's going to be something I'm better at. And I don't always know what that is. Like I, I can stand back and I I'm humble enough to barely because I know I'm not horribly humble. Sorry. Uh, but I, I am humble enough to acknowledge that, that there are plenty of people better at a lot of different things than me, but I, I do always have that, but I'm better at something. I, I don't even know what it is. Right. It's like you put me up against like a LeBron James or like an Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah. Football. They kick my ass. Basketball. They kick my ass, but there's something out there. I am better Probably than them at most They're... athletics, but <laughs> If I have to go to non No, 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 no. Even athletic stuff. There's some athletic something I'm better than them at. I don't know what it is, but there's something. Beanbag tossing, maybe? I don't know. Maybe maybe a shuffleboard? I mean, that's a, a sport. Curling? Curling. I, I've never actually curled myself. Broomball. I guarantee I'm better at broomball than Aaron Rodgers. No. Guaranteed. I guarantee you're not. <laughs> that's that's absolutely not true Scary. if you're an athlete you can be good at broomball See, i i even gave up the whole it doesn't have to be physical just because i don't you have gotta to give up the physical you're not gonna be aaron Rodgers in anything physical there's, no no there's gotta be Rogers something there's gotta be so, darts there's gotta be something i beat aaron Rodgers in from, uh darts might be a hard one because he throws he's, balls for a living he's uh. from california so something on the ice you can probably beat him but he plays he plays golf. Skiing. Skiing. Does he ski? I, I mean California know. does have some mountains, but it might be a better skier than Aaron Rodgers. That you might be. Plus he I'm would probably get fined up the butt if he went skiing. So, so he, if I may, <laughs> if I may, last one story on on this subject because ironically there was I played pickup basketball uh at my college uh for the three year four years, three years, four four years. Well I did all four years. First Aaron Rodgers. Um, I was done with football. And there was a, a gentleman who was an All-American caliber player for Michigan Tech, and he liked to play pickup basketball from time to time, and I did go against him. Now, I fully acknowledge if I go against him, uh, if I, ha- I won't even say now because he actually, he's actually playing professionally in wherever he's from. Uh, in he, It's not the Middle East, but that area of the world. But yeah, – if we played 99 out of you know 100 times, um, he would win. Back at when I was more You're athletic, busting out the miracle speech. Games. If we um, play them 100 times, they or if we play them 10 times, yes. they might win nine, but not tonight, but, not this night. But on the one day I actually did play him, uh, he he guarded me and I just shot over him, and I made the first one on him, and he's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> and then. The next time down the court, made the second one on him. You're like, oh, like, I'm done. I'm done now. No, no, no. He's like, okay, you're not, you're not shooting the rest of today. And then I got the ball the third time, went down the court, and I pulled up from the parking lot 
I, I was, you know, the Steph Curry, LeBron James nonsense just pulled up from God knows where, knocked it down. Um, and I, I, I think I had 12 of my teams, uh, like 21 points in that game, and, and we beat them. But uh, it would never happen again. But it did happen that day. <laughs> and he is, yes, he's playing professionally. The guy, uh, Ali was his name, but he's uh, six. I'll put him at six, nine, roughly uh, playing professionally overseas was a, a freak in college. A great player, a lot of fun to watch and a great dude. A great guy. Uh, love him. Uh, very high energy, very happy guy. Reminds me of my former next door neighbor. Um, but a lot of fun to uh, to play against him. And I, I had that moment where on, on that day, in that moment for, for one game, I was better. But I'll get <laughs> off my, my, my glory days speech and we can move on. All right, Brent, what do you got? Uh, in Seattle, it is snowy. And that's not news, probably the rest of the world. But for Seattle, it's pretty crazy. Like, I know everyone else has snow and it's not a big deal. But for some reason in Seattle, uh, it just keeps coming. And I think for February already, it's record numbers of snow. And it's already, it's only the 11th uh, as of the recording. So, and we're supposed to get more this week. It's crazy. Um, yeah, don't, and, and don't. Don't you guys have like more snow than you've gotten in the last 70 years or something crazy like that? I mean, I don't know. I haven't been there. I heard something I on the radio. So. It's it's something wild where even they're talking about it in Boulder. So it's a big deal. I The thing that gets me is you go outside and it's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's like the if you were to have the best day of snow in Wisconsin, 30 degrees out and uh, packy snow, you got probably four inches. You can build a snowman. We like yesterday, we built a snowman. Do you want to build a snowman? You can go sledding. Um, wait, 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 pause, 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 pause. If I may, you guys legit bought, built a snowman yesterday. I think you yes. and Heather went out and built a snowman. Yes. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, it it's the be- it was the best day. <sighs> I legit cannot remember the last time I've built a snowman. I can. It was yesterday, but before <laughs> that, I don't. I don't remember. I never built a snowman. And so we're building these snowmen. Um, we went sledding and then in Seattle, because there's so many hills, like we just sledded on the street, which was awesome. Actually, we have a funny story with that, but I'll tell a little bit later. But the thing that gets me is it's it's a, a lot of snow for Seattle, but just how woefully unprepared the city is to deal with it. I mean, everything seems to be shut down, grocery store being cleared out of, of food. It's just... Not that much snow if you were to be in like where you are, Nick, in Minnesota. Like you would look at it and say, Oh yeah, it's just like a normal winter day. But there's just no plows. And I was thinking about it and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, in Wisconsin, like all these driveways and all the parking lots would be cleared out because everybody and their neighbor either has a snow plow or at least owns a shovel. I mean, I saw people with brooms trying to clear off their driveway. With a broom? Like a little broom and a dustpan. Uh, and another person was trying to clean their yard off with a little, like, rake that you'd use for leaves. <laughs> Classic rake. I mean, it's just... I've never wait, wait, they're trying to like, shovel their yard? Like, why even move the snow on your yard? I don't know. I don't think they know that... You can they don't know what to do with snow. Yard. They're like, oh, it's on my lawn. Oh, I don't they, know. Oh, God. Move it. And oh, God. And raking their yard <laughs> with a little rake that you would use for leaves. It was so dumb. It looked really silly, but I've never been in a place that's been so unprepared for just what I would consider a normal normal amount of snow. 
for anywhere else in the country. Right. I guess if I may, it's kind of the similar thing with Colorado with a slight, I guess, slightly different situation. So like Colorado, it'll very consistently snow, like just dump like a foot of snow. And within the next two days, it's all melted and gone. So like they don't even like put salt down or anything. Like they'll, they'll have the plows come through like once and then they're done. Then they just leave it and assume it's going to melt and they never shovel it. So like, We'd had snow the other day, and it's been a little colder the last couple of days, so it hasn't really gone away. So there's just been like crappy piles of snow and like slush in the streets, where normally, like in Wisconsin, that would be gone. Like it'd just be plowed off by now because they'd come through and they'd plow it. But here, they just assume it's going to melt, so they just come through with the plows like once right after it's done snowing, and they call it good, and they just wait for it to melt. The other thing, like with the not salt thing, apparently, occasionally they'll put down this like gel stuff to try to like pre help the roads but i guess i haven't seen that stuff normally they just throw it on like pea gravel kind of thing so speaking of roads there's many of the roads and they close down a lot of like businesses and schools because they only have 35 plows for like the entire area which is i mean a huge city but um there's some roads that just don't even see it. Like we went sledding this past weekend. We went sledding down a street because one, well, see, I was really hilly. So you can, you know, zip down. We ended up, it was really fun. Actually. It was a really good time. Um, we as long as it's not walk. like a cross street at the bottom. Right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> what, what would happen was it'd be a neighborhood thing, kind of like a black party where the parents would separate the, like move to each that block of the street where there's a crossroad to hold off traffic and control traffic while the kids and well, I guess and you guys young adults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife, myself and a few uh, medical residents all decided to partake in the fun, but they would literally be going down and adults would be holding off traffic. Like the one car that was dumb <laughs> enough to go out on the street. And it was awesome. Um, we ended up, we walked out there and we weren't, we, we were going to have a sled. We had, we tried sledding at a park earlier and popped our only sled, which was a $5 oh, inflatable? pool. So that we, we had a $5 pool tube oh. that we had with us <laughs> That's not that, that just popped right away because it was crap to begin with and not meant for sledding. Uh, so we, we, we walked over about two miles to, to wherever we we're going to, this one, the street. And when we get there, we see Heather's friends. Uh, but then there's also this other guy that comes up and is like, oh, hey, Heather. And I was like, who is this guy? How do you turns know my wife? It was a doctor. It turns out it was a doctor, like one of the Heather's bosses kind of thing that worked at the hospital. If I may, real quick, doctors are a fantastic group to go sledding with. Like if somebody gets hurt, like, doctor, there's like, how many doctors do you have with you? I feel like that's, like, I need to go sledding with them because oh. I, I am somehow accident prone, especially in winter. And so I need to go sledding with doctors. I think that's that's the strategy going forward, right? It could help you. It could help you. Well, anyway, this doctor might not have been the one to go with for you uh, because oh, he no. immediately walks back to his house, which was a few blocks down the road. Uh, he wasn't – we didn't know he was here. He just kind of showed up. And he brings beer for the entire group. Nice. And so he's just like, here you go. Like, we thought you might like – I thought you might like this as you guys are all sledding and just hanging out in the middle of a Seattle street, basically. Like, it was wild. Um, anyway, the reason I'm telling the story, which is kind of long and convoluted, was someone brought to sled down. We didn't have sleds. So we just were like, we'll use whatever you have. 
and somebody brought out a pool, one of those plastic kiddie pools. Oh, one of the blue, like, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. They have fish, so they have fish imprinted in the bottom of them for grip. Yep, yep. Well, we, we went down. I went down my own. It wasn't that fast. But then we had our, we'd walked Maple with us. So we brought Maple down. I just, like, grabbed her, put her on my lap, and then slid down with um, with your Maple. dog. Yeah. So going sledding with a dog, and that was pretty fun. Dude, some of those – I think we had one of those kind of competitions when we were in college where you had to, like – you had a $10 budget. You had to go to Walmart and pick out anything you wanted as long as it was not a sled and then make a sled out of it. So I forgot what some – like some people nice. were getting like Tupperware lids and like, you know, the, like the big Tupperware containers just going down in those or like people would try to like make like Goodwill futons into sleds. So there was some hilarious stuff. But like, that's one of my favorite things is trying to make sleds out of random stuff. That, that's always good. I know like in college we'd always snag the, uh, the lunch – uh, dining trays or whatever and just go sledding on the trays. That was a good time. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic. I wish we had some of those trays. Um, that, that's you guys did. You I went eating at your place. You guys had the trays for food. No, I know. I wish we had trays this past weekend. Oh, I got you. Because that's what you do in Madison as well. That's a classic. I, I will say one of the like favorite times ever sledding was definitely in Boy Scouts. and I, I forgot where it was. It was oh, one with the, uh, Calumet it, County Park. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. It was something with. I was, it had I the was hay bales Calumet. at the bottom. What? It had the hay bales at the bottom. Yeah, that was Calumet County. That was Park. okay, but yeah, that place was awesome because like there's a massive sledding hill, and we like as scouts we'd like walk up, and then we had like the troop toboggan, which was a good like as 12, 13 year olds. It was a good four or five person toboggan, but like we would, we went up there. And it was like super powdery. So like going down to the toboggan, we're like just getting hammered with snow. You're just constantly getting sprayed in the face. And so like we ended up getting like other sleds and like having people in charge of shielding the sides, shielding up ahead. And then I was like one of the new scouts at the time. So like I was littler. So I was in front and I like had these like sunglasses on. So like, like a ski mask, I had a ski mask over sunglasses. And so I was like the vision. And so like we go through, I'm just getting pelted with snow in the face. We're all just like hunkered in. Oh, that was so good. And then at one point we're like going straight for a tree. It was like, oh boy. So I like have the whole sled just bail. We all tumble, but sledding. Uh, Sorry, geeked out a little bit, but sledding is a good time. I got to add to that. A couple, I remember that sled. That was one of my favorite sledding memories. Um, one, I remember a couple older scouts made this big jump and I was like, Oh, a jump. Cool. So I took, um, a tube and instead of just like sitting down the tube and just taking the jump nice and normal, I full sped ran, jumped head oh, first God. and just went and just face planted and then dragged down the hill for like six feet, which is like my face. Oh, oh, that was great. And I remember my mom sledding there and there's that, those corn hay bales. And I remember my mom going on a sled and just going like right through it like just went, through the hay bales yeah she like went through the hay bale kind of oh, oh god yeah because we were like we were smaller so like you didn't have enough like mass to have the momentum to like keep going because there's like a big hill and there's like a smaller hill yep, and like yep. us as little kids we like wouldn't quite get over that second hump but like all the bigger kids and the adults would just plow right over the top of that and yeah, that, that would have been scary. But I remember we all, they also like people were grabbing those hay bales and making like a giant hay bale fort out of them. Like that was super cool. There's a lot of cool stuff we did in Scouts. Highly recommend oh, yeah. it. 
welcome to everybody now. Nick, were you ever were you ever in Scouts? I don't actually recall if I know this or not. No, my parents didn't love me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Uh, I I don't have any of the uh, the Scout experiences. Uh, I remember. I think I attended a long walk for one of your and or Brent's badges. And I oh, were you on one of our hikes? I think I vaguely remember this. Because I hated it because all we did was basically walk or hike for some 10 plus miles. And um, even then I was a bigger kid. And I just know that by the end of the day, my thighs were so flipping chafed. From Dude, that is the worst about hiking. Day. Yeah. And, and I had zero preparation for it. And I, I just wanted to die afterward. And and I, I'm just sitting here like, okay, I was raised with four wheelers. I was raised with all of these great things to get you from one place to the next. Like, why, <laughs> why am I walking? What are we doing here? Oh, we're getting our badge for, you know, walking and shit. <laughs> the hiking merit badge. Great. Like, why the fuck am I here? That's how I felt about the biking merit badge. Uh, I never, I never took that one. Why would you sit on a bike when you could walk somewhere? Because you know? biking is way faster. Yeah, but it hurts your butt so bad. You get used to it. I guess. You, you get I one of those those pants that have like the cushions built into them. Oh my god! It's like why? So I don't understand those. So like professional bikers, they'll get like the really skinny seat, and then they get the pants that have like the cushion built in. Why don't you just get yourself a more comfortable seat? Like what? Like uh, there's still there's material there no matter what. You might as well put it on the seat instead of into your pants. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like if you're gonna put, heavier, if you're gonna put lighter, yeah, no, but you have it on your butt. Then you're still, you still have that stuff there. It's either but built it, into your pants or in your. It's wrapped into your body shape, so to have it that way would hypothetically make it more aerodynamic. You're not wrong, but I, I can see how, in theory, it would be more aerodynamic if the cushioning were in your pants and covered by your pants, as opposed to having it be a determinative determinedly larger object um, with without that cover over it in theory. In so theory I, I'm, I'm not the scientist behind that one. What I remember said was why people wear those pants and all that fancy gear like when they're commuting to work. Like I see people commuting to work like in the summertime. I would bike sometimes and people would be literally dressed up like they were racing a, a just to bike to work 50 mile bike race or something. Um, Do we have really, some intense I, bikers here in Boulder? Yeah, why? Like, we'll have people come in. Like, there's some people I work with that they are super intense biking, and so they'll ride. They'll wear all their stuff to come to work. I, I don't know. Maybe it's. I mean, it would make sense if right after work you're going to do a nice long bike ride or something, and you're just going to get home. Or if you legitimately have like that long of a bike ride into work, then it might make more sense where you're trying to stay comfortable because a lot of the guys will do like races and stuff just like amateur races in their free time just for the fun of it. So like there's some intense people here in Colorado in general, especially in the Boulder area. The intensity level is pretty similar or, or, or higher uh, in Minneapolis. There's, uh, there's essentially, I don't know about that. If I may real quick, there's people that are literally going for runs in Boulder, which is at like 8,000 some feet of elevation and they're wearing oxygen deprivation masks. And like a vest with weights on it. Well, those guys are pros. Those guys are ridiculous. And no, you'll constantly see them. Pros in Boulder. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to say that kind of intensity. As far as (laughs) those guys are nuts. But the commuters are as intense, I would say, because there is something referred to as the Greenway, 
which is an entire biking system throughout the city uh, that is an alternative to the highway that is very crowded and used very heavily uh, throughout the city. And one thing that's very attractive about the Twin Cities uh, is that the trails and paths for biking, walking, uh, and everything are pretty much throughout. You can very easily go anywhere in the city and basically you're never going to touch the street. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, ex access and um, uh, there's a whole plug I could do for the city if I hadn't already done it, but they're very intense, lots of commuters. Uh, everyone feels they are entitled to the right of way and are complete assholes about it. Um, and uh, any- if I may, I feel like that's every single city though. Like, well, I always feel like this um, and it happens in Seattle too, the Burke Gilman trail a similar thing as your greenway trail but it's like if i'm driving i hate bikers and walkers like they just have no clue about the road if i'm biking walkers and drivers are the worst people in the world like what are they doing or if i'm like walking if i'm walking it's like bikers and drivers are you kidding me like i feel like no matter what mode of transportation i just am biased against the other two modes of transportation Whatever mode, that's like the, yeah, whatever, whatever mode of transportation you're doing is the correct one. Like what are these cars doing? I have the right, everyone else is idiots unless it's like my way, you know, if you're walking, like, sure, you're fine. Like you just have other walkers ways, but the bikers are always zipping by you. But when you're biking, those dang walkers, you kidding me? Why are they on the trail? It's a bike trail. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. And when you're riding your motorized skateboard down the, what? Yeah, it's such a double standard, though. I I feel really like hypocritical about it. It's like probably the biggest time I like if I'm driving, like if someone's biking on the road, like come on, man. Well, like even in Boulder, the bikers are crazy because there's mainly because it's there's so many of them, and I th- I forgot there's some statistic where Boulder's like number three or four in the world on something as far as like most bikers. So I think Madison's actually like one of the most biked campuses. Like it has, it's, it's a similar yeah. title to that where it's the most biked something in the world. Lance Armstrong came to celebrate one time. I celebrate? What do you mean? Yeah. I almost, he like biked right by me. He was like three feet away. I almost thought about like touching him, like reaching out and grabbing Just him. Just push him over. Um, but I thought that might tip him when he's on his bike. I was like, I don't want to be the guy that like tips over Lance Armstrong before he was found to be super duty. If, if I may, uh, Brent, uh, are you willing to uh, make up for your entrance where you like stuttered through three other words and didn't read what was on the script and uh, whatever? C- could you could you provide us with a segue of sorts, seeing as there's so much your specialty? Well, okay. So just to give a clarification, if we do the same intro every time, it could get old. So, you know, I don't want things to get old. I want things to be new. You know, I want things to be fresh. I want things to be different. And it, to give you an analogy, to give you an analogy, like when you were in a competition, we talked about being the best, you know, you could do what you did last year. You could use the same stuff you did, the same routine, the same materials. You could build something you know, like I'm, I'm thinking just out of, out of the head robotics, you know, like you could be using robotics. You could use the same robot you did last year, or you could build something new. <clears throat> And speaking of something new with robotics, Kyle, how's your robotics team doing? And what new things are you building? <laughs> Beautiful segue, Brent. I love it. Um, robotics team is doing pretty good. Actually, they're, uh, so this last weekend was end of week five. So they have like, I think they have until Thursday this week or something like that to uh, 
finish up the robot before it gets bagged and tagged. So that's literally like they put it in a bag and they have to put like this special tag on it that seals the bag. And you're not supposed mm. to break that seal until you get to competitions and then you can open your robot and do any final touches or whatever before you start. I think the competition has like, it's a three day thing. The first day is all like practice stuff. Uh, the second day and the third day are the competition, which is the third day being like the playoffs essentially. So, uh, they're looking pretty good though. The the only main thing they have to work on is they have to get all their electronics mounted. We temporarily just kind of like have all the electronics on just a piece of plywood that we have just like wedged on the robot to just have everything there. And, it, and that way we can see if it works. Just and uh, it. yeah, per, no so. zip tied. It's, it literally is on a two by four or not a two by four, but like a piece of plywood that's just zip tied to the robot. It's like their practice set up and yeah, they just need to get it onto panels, but they're looking pretty good. Uh, they got uh, the competition this year is Destination Deep Space or something like that. Basically, there's like these discs with Velcro on the outside. They have to g- be able to grab those and place them on things. And there's balls you can grab and put them behind these hatch panels. And the hatch panels yeah, hold the balls are. in. <laughs> they, they play with balls this year. But, uh, yeah, they're looking pretty good. Uh, I'll, I will, I'll try to get some footage of the uh, competition on the uh, Zarabus channel. Some inside the pits or something like that. Uh, Cause that'd be kind of cool, but yeah, fun time. Can they, can they do the climb yet? Can they, the, can so they, they have the climbing modules. So at the end of the, the comp of the game this year, you get bonus points if you're able to climb on top of a platform and this platform is like 20 some inches off the ground. And so our team, uh, you get like 13 points for climbing this, uh, uh, stage, I guess. And if you're at 13 points, is a big percentage of the total possible score. So our team kind of focused on wanting to be able to do that. So right now they have like two modules with gear screws that like shove down spare wheels that go downwards and lift the whole robot up. <laughs> and so uh, they, they work and they can lift the robot. It's going to be a interesting uh, uh, programming challenge to get it to lift leveled and not tip over. So that'll be, so that'll be if fun. I may, if I may, this is going to be a, a quick tangent train. Beep, beep. We haven't had one. Haven't had one of those yet. Yeah, but, need, uh, need a couple of them. And Brent, that was an excellent segue, and I'm Thank very you. proud of you. I got um, one more coming. Hey, excellent. by the way, quick segue to the segue. Beep, beep, whoosh. The inventor of the segue is the founder of First Robotics. Fun fact. That is a fun fact. <laughs> Gracious a, professionalism. So the other part of my segue there is uh, at some point, because we failed so miserably at the whose line it is it anyway uh, bit, we... Just the three little pigs bombed. thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't talk about that episode. Didn't even remember the story? Um, it's not as bad <laughs> as the one we dedicated to our mothers, but that's right up there. It's up there. <laughs> that's classic moment. Epic failures where one of us literally forgot what story we were trying to tell. Um, but with that note, uh, I, I I did I hear things and I just process it. Brent had that lovely segue into Kyle, and then Kyle, you started in with a bag it and tag it, and then you gotta you know break the seal. And bag it and tag it could have been a segue into something else, but then breaking the seal. And then I immediately thought you were going to segue back into a Tiny Tanks reference. But uh-huh. I'm like, we we should go back and forth and have like That'd a, a segue competition. Like you have, you have, you know, 30 How, seconds or so. To try to, to segue this to, con- conversation to, segue to something else. Into something else. And it has to try and like, it has to flow somewhat naturally. Oh, you can't I can just be like. Arm. 
And then the Civil War occurred, and... Oh, Speaking of and... the Civil War, I've actually recently seen a game that's called... I forgot what it was called. It was like War of Something, but it's actually legit, like a recreation Civil War game where it's like Call of Duty-esque, but it's fully like Civil War realistic. Like you have to fully like reload your muskets and like everybody's taking volley fire. It looks really fun. I'll, maybe we'll try it out. It, it looks like a good time. It's like 26 yeah. bucks, which I'm not sure if I want to go that deep on a Civil War game. How much like, time do I have to stare at the screen while I quote unquote reload, reload my muskets? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Later. Oh, okay. and like you have to like affix bayonets and stuff, and they have a whole I'm gonna, system. I'm gonna man. start texting people in between volleys. Like, oh, just reloading in my video game. Don't worry about me. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So speaking of robotics, real quick, just that was not a correct segue. It was not quite clear. I'm going back to that because it was oh. a tangent. So as a tangent, it means I can ignore it and go back to what we were talking about originally. Oh, um, we want to do this new. <laughs> this our, our producer. I'll give him credit on this one. Came well his roommate actually. So I'm not going to give him credit on this. I'm going to give his my producer's roommate credit on this one. Came up with an awesome idea. Uh, Zarbust or plus, where we are going to look at a item that we find on Amazon most likely, and we're going to say if it's a plus or a bust uh and this week's episode is a robot of all things here it i think i got hold on one second i do have a uh, a thing where i can show the full screen maybe oh, maybe not yeah. get it up on the uh, screen. it's not really showing so you're oh god this, you can i'm trying see it right now i'm trying i'll get there it's As the we are getting this on so the screen if i may did we just pick a product without having actually reviewed it before the episode? No, I've seen I've seen this product before, so it's I cool. I have never seen this before. This is a brand so new... So, one person has seen this product. I'm sorry, this sounds like a horse crap idea. No, this is great. So, how am I going to give it a plus or a bust if I've Dude, never seen it? Dude, just look at it. Okay, so, there's... Take a moment. Yeah, take, take a moment a and you look at it. So, this is this is a Vector. It's actually a re-release of a robot called Cosmo. And so the Cosmo robot was just like a little, like mainly a toy for kids. And it's, it's really one of those like big kid toys and you can tell, but if you like the vector guy is like their next generation in line after the Cosmo. And he's like basically an assistant. So he's like a little cute robot. That's also an assistant. And he's, uh, so I think the, the, the quote unquote idea of the segment is it is a Zaru plus or Zaru bust. And this one's for sure a Zaru Plus. However, the price is. Oh, no. This is it's not 250 a Zaru bucks. Plus. This is a Zaru Bust. Are you kidding? If I may, this is so dumb looking. It, like. It's basically if your Google or your Alexa could just, like, drive around and give me, like. I use my Google every day. I, I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy it, but it's creepy as heck. And if it could follow me as I go from room to room. Well, you know, it's stuck in a, like, it's stuck on a desk. It has wheels. It's, it looks like it can move. The, the, the thing's like as big as your microphone, Brent. It's not that then, big. Oh, that is really tiny. Okay. Yeah. That's, if, never mind. That's if, really small. if I may, gentlemen, it's very cute. This, this segment has potential. It has Zaru Plus potential. <laughs> however, however, this was way too premature of a thing. No, it's not. I've, I have... Not thinking okay. it through. It, like, I have watched multiple YouTube videos about this guy. I'm glad this is just your channel. Though. I'm glad it's just your channel and you have it under control. <laughs> we should have 
introduce the product, given us a day at least to it should be watch videos, research, maybe something we use or own. Because otherwise, I mean, if you want to discuss like it, we can discuss bus it. Mug. But we have to have seen it and or used it. But just like, look at how cute he is. Okay, so the person who I will, give, I will give the producer and the producer's roommate credit for the idea. I think it's a solid idea. I think our release right. was far too premature, and we're gonna have to just segue out of this, and we'll come back to it with a product that all three of us have used, uh, such pen as cap. a pen cap that Brent wants to talk about. Just shoot me. End this episode. <laughs> What's our closing segment? Zaru. <laughs> All right. So this initial time is a Zaru bus, but we'll get up in the Zaru. No, bus. it's a Zaru plus, but the price is sketchy at best. We'll, we'll give it sketchy at best for the price. All right. I'm going to do a nature news and then we can, we can wrap this thing up. Oh, wrong one. Let's try this one. Next is like time for the nature news of the week. Alright, so because of the snow, it's been a pretty slow week for anything nature-related. I mean, they're talking about climate change, but whatever. Um, and I, I happened to see that in China, an eight-year-old girl fell into a panda exhibit uh, and survived, thankfully, I guess. But at the same time, I hear all these stories time and time again. Child falls in the mountain lion exhibit. Child falls into a bear exhibit, and it makes me wonder. Like, yeah, there was the one with a couple years, ago, like a year ago or two, where like the the guy, the kid fell into the gorilla exhibit. And the gorilla was literally like, "Literally died for this." Am I right? <clears throat> You're so Harambe right. Everything else is wrong. Literally died for this, which is just horrible. I mean, if you think about it, just like why do these things keep happening? Is it the zoo's fault? Like, are they you not are- making things secure enough, or is it because parents cannot watch their kids? Which is the their one answer? job at the zoo. Do you want the hard answer? Yes. We're not allowing natural selection to occur. <laughs> Darwinism. Just leave them in there with the with the pandas. Leave them in and see what happens. I don't, I don't know. I mean. Uh, if, I, if I may, real quick. I know this is a small segue, but my wife and I were talking about the whole, like, leashes on your kid thing. Like, when is that actually acceptable? I think, number one, if you're in, like, a Disney World or something like that. Okay, number one, there's an age limit. Uh, okay, the reason this initially came up is because we were at they had like downtown boulder or lafayette they had like a peaches festival and there was like maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school with a leash attached to their younger sister i assume that was like maybe seventh eighth grade as like what what is going on plus the hilarious thing and i can't believe i missed the picture like i should have just fucking done it but they were in like one of the stalls was like dog leashes and they were like looking at leashes while the high school aged kid was having a leash to their like middle school aged kid and i was like i was really trying to like take a picture of them being like looking for a new leash oh it would have been so gold but like at, at what point there's there's an age limit i think elementary school for sure anything older than that like you're past the age you're allowed to put a leash on your child and then number two, as far as like where is socially acceptable, like a Disney World carnival kind of maybe something like that. Otherwise, the only other, if you're going skiing and you don't want them to go too far in front of you, that way they don't crash. Like yeah, what that's... what other time is it okay to put a leash on your child? I, I go over the school thought that it's just not okay. If your kid needs to be leashed, it probably does not need to be wherever you are at. Um, but then again, I don't have kids. So it's one of those things where I can't fully sympathize where it's just like, 
if your kid can't stay with you at Disney World, maybe don't take them to Disney World. You know, that's common sense to me speaking. So, but at the same time, everyone wants to go to Disney World, so I get why you'd want to go anyway kind of thing. So if I may, as a new parent, my new child will be on the leash for the season, <laughs> uh, which is a lovely segue. Uh, and we, if you, uh, segue that and, was good. <laughs> that was a good real one. Good segue right there. Thank I you. Thank you. Uh, we've actually used segue inappropriately a couple times. We meant tangents. I think I even screwed it up in my segue train uh, as opposed to segue. But um, yeah, I got a new dog. Uh, <laughs> so that's the the uh, finale for today's episode uh in my mind unless we have a closing segment no that's uh, a the big news is is yes uh megan got a a new puppy for valentine's day so, uh, gentlemen step it up on valentine's day uh do better and uh compete with a new puppy uh good luck uh, but no, we got a Australian Shepherd, and I was able to surprise Megan uh, this weekend because I wasn't going to try and keep a puppy in the house without her knowing. For, for <laughs> Good luck. Godspeed. So, yeah. So I just gave it to her on Sunday when I was able to get the puppy from the breeder, and uh, her name is Luna. We're very excited to have her. I'm sure we'll get her on uh, an episode in the near-ish future. I think you guys have all seen pictures, and if anyone who knows us wants pictures, um, you know, just reach out for them and we'll send plenty. But um, things are going well. We're on day two, and uh, it is a blank slate. She is not potty trained, not house trained, not leash trained. She never wore a collar until yesterday. So um, lots uh, a steep learning curve, lots to figure out, and Nothing we're not prepared to handle. Uh, I've got experience, and Megan's been doing very well. So um, she's actually uh, – the dog is actually asleep in my spot on the bed right now um, in the kennel. Ooh, tsk, tsk, tsk. Oh, in the kennel. You're doing the whole – I got you. Yeah, and it's because a lot of the success I had with Ghost in the first, uh, first couple weeks was based on uh, she wouldn't sleep all at night. She'd whine. She'd complain, and – in order to make it easier on her and help build the bond with me, I put the crate on the bed and she would sleep and be quiet if she could see me. And I put the crate on the bed and, you know, help create that bond. And our hope is that uh, that bond with, with Megan, we want both of us, of course, but we'd like the bond with Megan to be as, as strong as possible. So um, putting the crate in my spot on the bed, which kind of sucks. Um, if I that, may, Nick, aren't you worried that you'll no longer have any dogs in the house, seeing that Ghost already probably is team Megan as well. Don't um, you want selfishly to have a little dog left for you? No, no, I'm good. Uh, ghost will always answer to me first. So <laughs> not horribly. Nick, Nick has, Nick has two tones with ghost. It's like, Oh, like I, the best dog ever kind of tone. And then the get over here right now. There's, there's two tones with Nick with ghost. And it's either like Nick, this like, uh, like big, not, uh, I don't know the better. He's not like bigger, tough guy. Look, but, you know, something like that, where it's like, but then he's like, he just melts with his little doggy. <laughs> but, She's my baby. But uh, at the same time, yes, I do have her trained for my most serious uh, male deep voice, and Megan can't <laughs> replicate that. So uh, I have I have the final say, to say the least, 
Um, not that, you know, Megan has a great bond with her and Megan's come so far from not really being a dog person to, uh, now she can't go to bed without, you know, having ghosts with her. So, um, yeah, she's come a long way and we're excited about the new puppy and things are continuing to go well. And, uh, yeah, that'll be the best Valentine's day present, uh, for, for many years. Although last year's was pretty inventive i i did one of the like i i was inspired by those sculptures where you if you look at it only from the right angle it spells something out and i i did a really good job with that i thought last year and was really creative All right, we should post a picture of that just for our, our listeners to have a look at yeah. i think it's cool a thing to aspire to it was it was a really cool idea uh it turned out I'll call, I'll say reasonably. It wasn't amazing. You can clearly see, see that it spells something, but was it professional? I mean, you're done? making something out of food. Like, what are you going to, like, there's only so much yeah. you can do. So that was really cool last year. And I don't think I'll get the creative juice flowing like that anytime soon. But a new puppy will, will have to do this year, I guess. Here, here's Juliana's Valentine's Day present. I already have it wrapped. I, for for some reason, I thought it was on the second. But basically, because she does her, like, uh, Camp Gladiator exercise class thing or whatever she's been wanting like a leg roller thing forever so i designed and built one myself and 3d printed it you know what's the best sweet. part about this is is that by the time this episode is live uh it won't be spoiling the present yeah it's too late you'll not know what it is because yep. it's going to be valentine's day and with that everyone have a happy valentine's day if you're listening on the first day or hopefully you had a happy valentine's day uh this was episode 35 and we bring it to you with love <laughs> uh, we hope you all enjoyed and this thursday i believe is valentine's day if it's not i'm in big trouble uh, uh but with that we need your support so please uh buy merchandise the links below subscribe share rate and review if you want free shipping again free ships z all caps um, and if you want to get in t- contact with any of us or you have any questions, please just send us a DM on Twitter at Zarbus or email Zarbus at gmail.com. We hope you have a great Valentine's Day Thursday and a great every other day besides that. And we will see you again next week. Bye, guys. Peace.